Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to day five of the French Open, our fifth or sixth, if you count the preview, sixth daily French Open 2019 tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph alongside The Telegraph tennis correspondent Simon Briggs, who has momentarily lost track of what sport we're covering, has live cricket scores open in front of him. So if you hear occasional updates on what England and South Africa are getting up to, please forgive us. I've sacrificed myself here because I've put my phone on airplane mode so as not to get... uh, digital interference i won't know whether england are going to stay on top of south africa or not there are no lengths that we won't go to no sacrifices we won't make to bring you the tennis podcast matt roberts here also it's been it's been yesterday was a backloaded day we had that frenzied hour at around between sort of eight and nine just before we recorded the podcast today has uh, rather quietened down a bit but it started off in a state of frenzy yeah four matches that I really wanted to watch all of them and it was difficult to keep an eye on each one. Why were they all scheduled first? Why did we see Osaka and Azarenka first on Long Lend today? Care to speculate? I actually went to the wrong court. <laughs> I, I, I rushed up the stairs on Chatria, assuming that that match was on Chatria, <laughs> and then I, was, I got to the top and I was like, that doesn't look like Osaka. <laughs> well, I, I, I was stopped by a, a Japanese tennis fan who was he was actually sort of desperately trying to establish whether the, one of the big screens could be switched onto Longlin because it was showing Chatre at the time and he had this sort of desperate pleading look in his eyes that I've flown over to Japan I managed to get a ticket for Chatre and Naomi Osaka isn't flipping well on Chatre and I and I implored him to just go and stand in front of Longlin and try and exchange his ticket with a with a massive Serena Williams fan or something I also I also tried to sate him with the um, consolation prize of Karumi Nara being an action on Chatrier <laughs> briefly uh, but he wasn't having any of, that, any of that he really wanted to see Nomi Osaka and I really felt for him what stage of the match was that though just as it was getting going they were just because he did up. have three hours to work it because uh, and um, I, I uh, wish him well I, I hope that that panned out I, for him I made my uh, mix up uh, just at the end of the second set um, thinking, oh, there may only be one more game, and then it turned out to be quite a lot left in the match. Yeah, because Osaka was a set and 4-2 down, and then she was 5-1 up, and that she fought back 
um, to take that second set and then she was 5-1 up and serving in the decider and Matt, she confessed at that moment to having vision. She had a wobble, she got broken back, she got one of the, the breaks taken back from her by Azarenka and she was having visions of Madison Keys US Open a couple of years ago flash before her eyes. Yeah, she admitted that in, in press to the to the Japanese press pack, although I, I always stay for that portion of the... Uh, Naomi Osaka press conference because she tends to answer in English and that's what she did today and she said yeah because she was asked on the court about it and she said that she choked yeah Fabrice Santoro said oh you were so mentally strong today you seem so calm and because she said no I'm not I choked over there I choked over there (laughs) I think I was really emotional and the Japanese journalist who asked her about that I'm not sure Naomi Osaka knew the Japanese for choke because she (laughs) had to say that that's a new word and then she said it in English and at first Osaka thought she was saying shock then it turned out that she was actually saying choke and she said yeah at that point I was thinking of that Madison Keys match US Open 2016 where she was 5-1 up lost it and in her own words she, she describes that match as the tragic match but I was listening to Fabrice Santoro trying to translate that reply and I didn't hear no, he didn't. anything that, that uh, no... resembled choke no. and if I can continue to malign French players on this podcast which is what I love to do <laughs> uh, wouldn't you think that any French player would know what the French for choke would be. What are you trying to say about Fabrice Santoro? <laughs> Any French player. I'm not sure I... What is the French for choke? Don't know. We will... We're, to be established, to be established as a matter of urgency. I'm, I, I remain convinced that Naomi Osaka might win this tournament. I, I've, I, I'm further convinced of that over after that but, Azarenka performance. But why does she only start playing well when she's like about a foot from the edge of the precipice? Well, I don't know, well, but what a skill. Well, she said in press, I completely trust myself to, if I need to break back when it's gone down to the wire, I back myself to do that. She's got this complete belief in her game that she will find it when she needs it. It would just be easier for her if she could <laughs> yeah, find I mean, it right at the start of the she match. She might run out of petrol because if she insists on staying that way. Like, I'm not actually going to switch on until one if, set and, and but I'm not, fall I'm not one sure down. But I'm not sure it's a conscious decision, though. If women play best of five, do you think she'd be constantly back, battling back from two sets to love down? Well, she's already used up a lot of lives in this 16-0 and 0 street, Grand Slam street that she's on now. I, I was looking at her record and she had seven three-setters, and I think all those three-setters she was really close to going out. But I just wonder how many lives has she got. I wouldn't want to put a figure on it because with Osaka, anything seems possible, really. Tell you what, we should footnote uh, Victoria Azarenka because she's playing very, very well and could be a, a factor on the grass, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, she was she was powerful. I don't think she maintained quite her level in the third. And also, one slight downside of the match was the 11-minute suspension for bathroom breaks that uh, took place between the second and the third because the, se- the second was absolutely scintillating, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was as good a set as we've seen. What's your take on that? You say you say uh, downside. What's your? T- I mean, I, I I don't deny that it's a downside for for the viewer. I mean, eleven when you're watching a tennis match, eleven minutes where there isn't tennis happening, obviously not ideal. But what's your take on it, Simon? I don't know if I have an answer for it. I mean, I just it's just unfortunate isn't it I mean we there, there used to be none of this uh, habit it seems like that occasionally people are going to need to have a long bathroom break and uh, you mentioned menstruation in, in the Twitter debate that followed but it wouldn't be such a, a 
a, a problematic issue if people weren't already abusing the system. It can't always be for such good reasons because it happens so often. Yeah, but other rules are abused and it doesn't mean the rules are wrong. It just means that, I mean, I don't have the answer to, to how to perfect the... Or to police it. It's impossible to, to, to police to, to police. Thing, I don't it? have the answer to that, but I, I, I think I just... I'm not saying there isn't a discussion point there. I just have grown very tired with hearing um, male commentators just say, oh, here we go, another bathroom break, without even giving a thought to, to the possibility. I mean, Joe Dury claims that she never had a bathroom break in her career. But then that's privilege as well, isn't it? We talked about this with uh, Carolina Plushkova, who I asked on the eve of the tournament about the, the rule change that, that both women and men are now only allowed one per match now. I, I asked her whether she thought that was fair, that the women, t- women were limited in the same way as the, way as the men, and it's it seems to me like it hadn't even occurred to her that because women menstruate, it would be a particular problem for them. So I can only assume that it isn't a problem for her, which is privilege in the same way that it is for, you know, male commentators and pundits and whatever that say, oh, this is appalling, you know, it's just game playing. Well, look, it might be. I'm not saying that that rule doesn't get well, abused, but just to assume that it's an illegitimate or a case of abuse of the system, I find tiresome. This, the, the, the incidence rate must be greater than it would be if that were always the, the explanation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, yeah, I don't have all the answers about it and I don't deny that for the viewer it's not an ideal situation. I, I, think, I just think a slight reframing um, of the issue perhaps needs to occur. Asaka is through to play Siniakova, who got the better of Maria Sakari. Uh, to my great surprise, I have to say, because I had started putting Sakari in the category of people that just sort of get the job done well she was 5-1 up in the first set and it turned into a three-hour 10-minute match that she lost i think she'll have big regrets about that and yeah so siniakova next for osaka which you would think would be a better match than and really informed sakari and while all this is going on dominic team is busy being underarm served on <laughs> chatre the match that you presumably accidentally stumbled upon Simon. Yeah, they didn't all look round, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were pretty high up in the new press area on Chatrier, so you can sort of peek around the corner without disturbing too many people. Um, but I just saw the odd uh, dramatic bublik uh, drop shot and then the way he finished off the tie break with uh, some huge serving. I noticed he served 30 aces in the first round. I'm not sure how many it was today, but uh, he was equal first after round one on, on, on serves. I think Alexander Bublik goes on to court only thinking about the highlights reel and nothing oh, else. for sure. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think they broke the world record of drop shots in that match. <laughs> I mean, every other, every other point he Hang seems on. to throw Is on Is this in. a third drop shot dragon? Yeah, he's, he's with uh, Delian and Von Drusseva fighting I, I, was, I was sitting with Ben Rothenberg on the uh, Suzanne Longland court when I finally located the match I was looking for. <laughs> and he, uh, he described um, he described Bublik as a spare Kyrgios. So, that is so damning, isn't it? He hit how many underarm serves today? Slight, At least two. Slightly budget Kyrgios. Daring yeah. to go where Kei Nishikori is, is yet to... Oh, that's... But, that's I think he needs to be reminded. I think he might have forgotten he promised it. But I'm sure if he remembered, he's such a down-the-line sort of fellow. He's very obliging, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. If he knows, if he he only knew how desperately he were letting me down. But after he's hit it, I wonder if you just stand there and say, "Okay, your point. I just had to do that because (laughs) I promised. I do get a bit 
irritated when people keep saying that the unarmed serve is a great tactic. So I just don't think it is really. Hey, but today uh, against got team, well, it wasn't an eight, but he won. He won. Was, oh, he, won the points. He won both points when he did it, and against teams standing that far back. It makes a, a little bit of tactical sense every now and again. But did team look irritated or accepting? Team did he look? How dare you do he, this? To he me? didn't really look like that, but he was clearly not enjoying the match at all. He just had absolutely no rhythm, and team lives off rhythm and just mm. top spinning shots. And he wasn't getting to do any of that. And when he was, he was missing a lot. Second straight match where he's dropped a, a potentially unnecessary set. Could it cost him? I, I'm not sure it was that physical. It was a. It was a three-hour match I think it wasn't that it wasn't less than three hours it wasn't too physical and he's got which we'll come on to why he's got Pablo Cuevas next but he's got Cuevas next and I think that'll suit him a lot more well, and that's, that's sort of like a like-for-like like, only one player being better which is always yeah. like the perfect scenario for anyone isn't it it's like, it's like Djokovic a, a, a spare Nishikori. version of yourself yeah it's Ferrer Nadal um, yeah he does play Pablo Cuevas next because Pablo Cuevas only needed uh, two sets and a bit to get the better of uh, British number one Carl Edmund earlier on today match over on court number six Edmund retiring with a left knee injury uh, early on in that third set he explained to us afterwards that it's something it's an injury that's been niggling at him for a while it's something he's managing it sounds chronic rather than acute he had an MRI uh, the end of last year so he's been sort of monitoring it and managing it doesn't think he needs surgery intends to to get himself right to play the grass he said to to me that he didn't think he didn't retire because he thought he would be causing himself further damage by continuing to play he just knew he wasn't able to win knew he wasn't going to win that's why he retired which I think has raised a couple of eyebrows don't know what you think of it but uh certainly a I don't know it's not even a damp squib is it what is it for Kyle Edmund well it was certainly a pretty uneventful uh, morning on court six apart from the fact that I was blocked from getting in by an over-officious steward. <laughs> Do you know what? I think they had a, a security briefing yesterday morning because they were all free and easy, the stewards, for the first few days. And then suddenly yesterday, I was getting involved in all sorts of altercations with uh, officials, uh, uh, Roland Garros officials, left, right and centre. Anyway. I thought I, I probably should be able to get in ahead of a, uh, the, the crowd of uh, spectators. I don't know just because I was meant to be covering it. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's privilege, but uh, I, that was my position. <laughs> but, uh, but I wasn't getting uh, wasn't getting much agreement from the man on the door. What's your position on Kyle? He was um, limp, I guess. Uh, he looked like his mind wasn't really on the job. He got broken in his first service game. He managed to break back, but still lost the tie break. He was pretty close, I suppose, in that tie break. He he uh, netted a smash, which would have um, taken him to the changeover at three all. Um, so, you know, if he won that first set, would he have maybe pushed on through the? The, the pain it, it, it is a slightly unsatisfactory way to go off if you're not in any physical danger of worsening the injury the trainer didn't actually examine his knee at all he just came in and had a quick chat didn't he yeah a, a quick chat I mean it's, it's it was a bit like Kiki Burton's yesterday the mind was made up I think before the trainer tra- trainer came onto court uh, your colleague uh, Stuart Fraser Matt uh, Simon your colleague Stuart Fraser of the Times has come up with a heck of a stat on Kyle I believe Matt well, it's a stat that's been circling for some time in that Kyle Edmund, whenever he's gone down two sets to love, 
he's never even won another set so he's, he's never even come close to mounting any sort of a comeback and that's a it's a significant sample size because we're now up to 14 occasions where that's happened not well, great is it yeah i mean it's uh it is quite alarming. He, 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 early in his career, he had cramps regularly towards the back end of five-set matches. Um, and he wasn't able to physically deliver his best for that long. And we thought that maybe the first round here was a, a potentially landmark in his career. That was the longest five-set match he'd ever played. It was a fantastic win. And uh, didn't the afterglow was... Uh, <laughs> Brief. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was hoping it would last a little while, longer than uh, 24 hours. So that leaves Joe Conter, the last remaining Brit. She takes on Victoria Kuzmova. We've uh, decided, Simon, that given our um, early days support for Kuzmova, our sort of ownership of her, we're allowed to continue calling her Kuzmova because Kuzmova just it sounds doesn't, wrong. doesn't feel right. So we're, we're going Sharapova on Kuzmova didn't you switch from your kind of Kuzmova-ish young player fandom to to Yastremska yeah he switched back I now, Simon. I mean, I didn't switch. I, we're, we're, on a, we're on a break, but who, now we're very much back on. Who was it you were starting <laughs> to tell me about earlier that's your new... Iga Swiatek. <laughs> she, she's is, 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 caught his eye the latest She's one. really good. <laughs> Catholic tastes in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, um, she's junior Wimbledon champion last year and now she's into the third round here she's only 17 although actually she's 18 tomorrow so when people are listening to this podcast she may well be 18 and yeah she's from Poland she beat Chong uh, Wong today 6-3-6 love she's won both of her matches so does that make her older than Amanda Anisimova then because Amanda Anisimova is 17 so unless she turns 18 tomorrow as well which she doesn't which but can we talk about her as well yeah go for it because I mean, that match against Sabalenka in Melbourne was one of the most profoundly... It still lives with you. It profoundly sort of effect- look washes over your face when you talk about it's it. It's entrenched in my mind. I just couldn't believe how well she played. She just completely took Sabalenka apart. And she played Sabalenka again today. And it wasn't quite so dominant, but it was... I mean, she just found her best level once again. And it's such a fascinating matchup because Sabalenka's fire, basically. She, you, you see all the effort she's putting into everything and you hear it as well. And... And this over is smooth, and you don't notice how hard she's hitting the ball. She's just got perfect timing, and her backhand is the purest thing on earth. She just strikes it perfectly every single time. So there you are, Matt. You've 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 gloried in her match. You've thought, oh yeah, Amanda Anisimova is the business. I'm going to go to a press conference. And uh... there, there are two downsides about Amanda <laughs> Anisimova. One we learn about in Melbourne, where she's from. Oh no, this from, is bad. She's from New Jersey, and she hadn't heard of Bruce Springsteen. Isn't she actually from the same town? Yeah, Freehold. Yeah. yeah. And then the second Poor. thing... I mean, presumably, I imagine in Freehold, New Jersey, there is... Posters, sort of some sort bars. Of, uh, yeah, some sort of statue in honour of Bruce Springsteen on every corner. How is she... I don't know how that's happened, but anyway. And then the other thing is that, speaking to her, it's very difficult to get anything out <laughs> of her whatsoever. She's... <laughs> highly media trained and just bats away but it's sad isn't everything. it that media trained equals actually crap with the media well, do we, that's do we what know we that mean that's when we say media trained well it, it comes across as that for sure um, she's not she's not nasty at all she's, she's you know, defensive she, she's by the just, sounds of things yeah. what did you ask her 
when I asked her about you know what it is about playing Sabalenka that brings it out of her, and she just said, "Oh, she's 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 a great player. I need to bring my best." So I thought, okay, <laughs> yeah, let, next, let's go with another angle. Let's say, what about backing up a victory like this? You know, used to, we see it a lot that players struggle to do that, and she struggled and with she it in struggled, Australia. Yeah. And she said, "I respect everyone." Oh crikey! So I didn't have a lot to go on there, but. Her tennis is great, and she's in a section of the draw with three other unseeded players, which means that the streak of unseeded players that are Grand Slam on the women's singles will go on to 21 consecutive slams now, so guaranteed. We'll, so we will be seeing one of whom? Anisimova, Begu, Bolsova, and Alexandrova. Apparently Bolsova's quite cool. She's, <laughs> so, I'm just making a blank face, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes. She's unexpectedly Spanish, which is something I learned today. Aliona Don't Bolsova. Don't be fooled by she's... the name. Apparently of Moldovan extraction. Thank you, Matt, for that. Yeah, and she's covered in tattoos, and yeah. she is. She a likes to talk ardent, about the patriarchy, and she's an ardent feminist. Yeah, I mean, I only found out about her existence today, but she sounds great. Well, but that's about two hours before I did, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm now learning. I would just like to mention that I do know that uh, Kuzmova is reading Hamlet for the fifth time. What? That is a or rereading Hamlet. That, that is a Kuzmova fact. I did cover. not know. Yeah, apparently that, that she's a she's a massive Shakespeare fan. What? She's also doing a <laughs> degree. Do yeah, she does a degree in politics. Yeah, it's like a Kuzmova off. Kuzmova convention. I've got nothing to bring to this party. Well, other than that, she's a left-handed Anna Ivanovic. Left-handed Anna Ivanovic, <laughs> right-handed Petra Kvitova. That's <laughs> what I've heard. For Daria Kazakina, when I saw her from a distance on the, on the practice course, is she going to beat Joe Conta tomorrow? Well, it's on Simone Mathieu, and she's got some experience. You know, she, she's played on that court already, Kuzmova, which could yeah, be in it, her favour. It, it has up her chances, Matt. It has to be less unruly than uh, the Bullring number one court yesterday, where there was a boy who just ran laps, wasn't there, all the way round, all the time. And I, I do. There was a brilliant, there was a brilliant moment towards the end because Conta was getting increasingly irate. There were so many children on there, and they were con- in constant motion. And there was a, a, a child, a baby cried uh, before one of her serves um, at about sort of the penultimate game. And I saw the chair umpire just put his head down and pinch the bridge of his nose in that kind of pained <laughs> manner. Oh, my God, when is this going to stop? Because he was getting constant grief from Conta about the, the motion all around her. And actually, I had a little bit of sympathy. It, you know, it was quite unruly on there. It's Paris, though. I know. You, you, At least you have there to were people it. in the crowd. You have to expect it. Come on, be thankful uh, I, I for think, small mercies. I think Simone Mathieu will probably be a lot more uh, uh, settled. But it was pretty rowdy for Sitsipas yesterday, that Delhi and Sitsipas match. They'll be noisy, won't they? But, yeah. uh, but they won't necessarily be doing laps. In seeds, winning through quickly news. Serena Williams clicked into gear seemingly today. Uh, 6 3 6 2 over Karimi Nara, watched on presumably by my Japanese friends today. <laughs> cheering Karumi Nara as loud as he possibly could. Novak Djokovic won four and three over Henry Laxanen. So Serena has now, if you get if you look at the last year, she's only won back-to-back matches in five tournaments and those five tournaments all Grand Slams. Last year's French Open through to, through to this year's French Open. It's that buzzer, you need to have a sort of maybe a bicycle horn to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. I read into that that she's, Serena peaks for the big she's tournaments. She's peaking quite well at these events. Sl- slash doesn't play many other events. 
Indeed. I, I do wonder, like, all these players, you know, Saka, Serena, Djokovic, they've all said it, I want to I wanna peek at the slams. But, I mean, it's one thing saying it, but actually doing it, and I, mean, I do wonder how they get in that mental space, what they're doing to their games that is different. It's, it's, it's an interesting point. It's just kind of taken for granted, I think, that they can peak for these events, but how are they doing it? Serena Williams now plays Sonia slash Sophia Kennan. Yes, rather than Andreescu, who withdrew yesterday. Who withdrew yesterday, yeah. How many matches are we away? I've just seen on the draw that suddenly Osaka and Serena feature on the same page. How many matches are we away? They need to win from two more. Two each. more, okay. It's a quarter-final. Because that needs to happen. I can't believe we haven't seen the rematch yet of Osaka-Serena. I look forward to Serena's press conference after her Ooh. second win when she will duck any questions. I think she might go full Anisimova. Yeah. <laughs> Every player's tough. I'm going to need to play my best tennis. Thanks very much. I'll see you later. Um, other seeds winning through quickly. In surprise, seeds winning through quickly news. Alexander Zverev. This is his only his second ever straight sets win at the French Open. I know he's only young, but that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. I mean... <laughs> He played a lot better today. He was a lot more aggressive. I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of it. But How many meters behind the baseline was he standing on average today? Not eight. Not okay. So a, signif- a significant improvement. Clearly, listening to the podcast, I would say. Yeah. The tennis podcast is his new coach. We haven't been waylaid with allergies in the no. same way as Ivan Mandel. <laughs> we spent this morning the, the British press at uh, a Eurosport 30th anniversary media breakfast with. Uh, Boris Becker, John McEnroe, and so on. And um, the general kind of mood was that the the exasperation level is really growing now in terms of the, the, the next gen. It seems to have just reached a kind of tipping point. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. And everyone's going to be really fed up <laughs> having to talk about the same players, basically. Still, and the men's. They're still a clearly. long way away, aren't they? Because most, the, most of the guys there, they're, they're, we had um, Kleisters and uh, Bartley, um, but uh, most of the men were asked about the men, and they, they, there was definitely a feeling of frustration. Is when, it problematic that they put a label on them? Well, uh, it's smart. That I think that was it was smart, smart. The, absolutely smart at the time, but now... But it's also Is it problematic. I don't know the, the the kind of the umbrella that's covering them has become so broad and so desperate that Dominic <laughs> Team is considered part of that group, even though he's he's four years old, five years older. Sorry, then Sitsipas, right? Yeah. So it's just like anyone, <laughs> anyone who anyone, isn't, hand up, anyone, anyone who isn't called Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, yeah, or Murray will, will throw you into next it. gen. Do you think they'll start including Kane Ishikori again soon? <laughs> because technically he's. I was. I think of him as the same gen as uh, it's the Nishikori Raonic team gen. Dimitrov, the, the middle Dimitrov. But we've already gen. kind of abandoned hope the on those gen. Gen. I mean, yeah. we've completely written them off. So, but because team's the only one of those that's not underachieving at but the he, moment, but he's, he's not suddenly quite, getting grouped in with the uh, he's young hopefuls. He's not quite the same, is he? Because he's about two years behind Nishikori, two three years behind. Yeah, yeah he's kind of all, in between. They can't all be exactly the same age. Basically, we've all given up on Shapovalov <laughs> and uh, migrated back to. I don't know. I think you've team. given up on Shapovalov. I just, it's the hope. You, you, it's you're the you're hope. a major Dennis Denier. It's the hope that kills, Simon. I mean, what is he, 20? He just turned to 10, 20 the other day. Yeah, I know, I just need a bit of a break because <laughs> it's, not, it's not that I just need to see some signs of progress. I worry, it's just all very stagnant at the moment and I, I still believe in the macro sense, but in the micro sense, I'm finding it a bit, a bit painful. Well, uh, I think Felix has got more love from that genera- that, that that group of uh, right-handed of, of, of Rafa commentators than <laughs> says Greg. Does he? Right-handed oh. Rafa, yeah. Okay. He's not been watching enough Prime coverage. He says it every day. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I should be I should be up on that. But um, I think he might have trademarked that nickname. It doesn't look anything like Nadal, does he? No, Sorry. not in appearance. No, no, I mean like the way he plays. I, I think he's just going with. I think it's forehand. forehand. I think yeah. he's made a bit of a leap there, though. Yeah, I mean and movement. There are there are there are significantly heavier forehands than Felix, and he's got there. and he's got that Djokovic backhand. I think Djokovic when I watch him, I definitely think Djokovic. Yeah, I think you know young, young Djokovic backhand on the run, sliding into it that Djokovic kind of invented. Felix has kind of got a bit of that going on as well. But none of that's a catchy. No, a catchy I think, I think Greg's phrase. picked the wrong one of the big two there. <laughs> But, you know, that's only my he feeling. He couldn't think of anything, yeah. I mean, what are we calling Sitsipas, the right-handed... Well, he's, he's, he's definitely closest to Roger, but, I mean, well, I've, I've, I've said what I... He's like a combination, but he's also got that sort of relentless depth, m- m- um, metronomic djokovic thing about him. I mean, not yesterday, he, didn't, he couldn't find the strings for a good period of uh, his second round match, but made it through. Um, any other notable results from today? We've still got uh, quite a few uh, matches still to be cleared up today, mostly involving French players. Luca Puy has just got started against Martin Clijan. Caroline Garcia just won through. I think Elmore Fies has won against Adrian Manorino. Well, I think Manorino is a bit injured. What's happened with Del Potro? Because he was having knee issues. Well, the reason we're recording this podcast now is is because Matt was spiralling 
into a well of despair about uh, Del Potro suffering another knee issue and I wanted to provide a distraction. But good news, Matt, he's uh, two sets to one up over Yoshihito Nishioka. Yeah, if there's one guy who doesn't need another injury, it's Del Potro. But he seemed to sort of slip on the clay and went to have a bit of treatment and really was not moving for about three or four games, lost the first set. But given that he's won the next two, 6-4, 6-2, he appears to have made a recovery. But while I was watching that match, I, in order to cheer myself up, I started watching Su Wei Shea. Oh, <laughs> enough to cheer anyone up. The antidote, the injury antidote. She could could probably cheer Carl Edmund up. Is she still unsponsored? (laughs) She's a big call. (laughs) She's wearing all sorts of sponsors. She's got like five different Oh, so she's open open to offers then? Yeah. Right then. Um, We need to get our presentation together. Board that train ASAP, okay. But she lost. Oh, right. Oh, no, we don't do losers, Matt. We don't do losers. Um, But it was just... What a punchline. It was just a joy. There was a moment where she she was taken out wide and she went to the side of the court and there was someone watching on court 14 had their phone on the side and she picked it up and pretended to make a phone call and then put it back down sort of Maria Sharapova winning Wimbledon style although that wasn't pretending was it but it led to a very lucrative Vodafone deal <laughs> but yeah the she... same could be forthcoming for Sue Wei Shea I want a Sue Wei Shea app on my phone that gives me an alert whenever she's playing so I can tune in because I feel like I just miss too much Sue Wei Shea content that's Petkovic she lost Petkovic, to you, right? yeah, Petkovic good win who was Petkovic. a semi-finalist here about 4,000 years ago I mean that's I mean just I know it only gets her into the third round but that feels quite big yeah absolutely and the other woman who's had a big result Monica Puig has reached the third round her first third round at a slam since she won the Olympic gold and what an advert that is for the coaching um, powers of Kamau Murray of course was with Sloane Stevens when she won the US Open also staying at my hotel another one another one I mean Kiki Burton's I'm slightly concerned actually that whatever yes. virus she's come down with <laughs> she's spreading it around the sixth floor of the uh, Mercure Paris Boulogne um, but or that it was some sort of food poisoning caused by the uh, the cuisine at the Mercure uh, but uh, Ash Barty's staying there Stefanos Stefano Tsitsipas we're still on for the Mercure Mercure French Open double I think Barty and Tsitsipas the unlikely mercure French Open double. You had more of a chance while Burton's in the tournament, more probably. Of, more of a chance, but yeah, unfortunately, she's just uh, spreading some sort of lurgy around <laughs> the sixth floor. Any other business, Matt, from day five of the French Open? I mean, Djokovic. When we talked about him, but it's not. He a was very, huge very good. Amount to say he was very good. He's doing what he didn't do last year, which was his his completely ruthless. Um, not expending any unnecessary energy in the early rounds thing, which is what Nadal and Federer did yesterday, in particular Nadal, of course. But, yeah, they're just... Those three guys are just doing their thing so far. Yeah, the contrast between the draws, isn't there, really, between the uh, the top women are dropping sets left, right and centre, and the top men... Which they're, they're living up to the Eurosport uh, team's uh, depression over the, over the lack of uh, any new blood to break up the pattern. Which of the two competitions have you found more interesting so far? I guess I've been quite Brits-centric, really, so uh, I suppose I've enjoyed watching Conta. I think uh, I, did, I did really enjoy the Davis match. I thought it was really entertaining. 
um, contrast of styles, lots of ebbs and flows. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Kuzmova because I haven't uh, had much of a chance to watch her. Tomorrow we see Roger Federer play on Longnan. Casper Ruud, he doesn't like playing on not the centre court. Of course, the last time we saw that at a slam, he ended up losing to Kevin Anderson last year at Wimbledon. Could the same happen to Casper Ruud? I mean, all I can think of uh, when I hear the name Casper Ruud now is his <laughs> celebration <laughs> upon the default of uh, <laughs> Nick Kyrgios in Rome. Oh, yes, that he was He celebrated like... Uh, like he'd won the <laughs> like, like he'd beaten Federer like he'd, on Longland. Like he'd won everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Casper's got something about him, including the brilliant stat about his father, who played in the yes. 1999 French Open with Federer. Do we think um, Federer could uh, be grumpy about being? I on don't Longland? know. Suzanne Longland is a fantastic course, isn't it? It's actually one of my favourites. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that Roger feels the same way, but. Uh, I think it really is uh, a fantastic setting, and uh, obviously Azarka and uh, yeah, Azarka's match today was a good example. Yeah, a very good point. Uh, and as a match is on his racket as well, I think if he knows that if he goes in with the right mindset and a good game, he will he will win that. Also, a long then for Vrinka Dimitrov. Yes, can't wait. Is for it that. still the start of something for Dimitrov? It's the start or of something for one, one of them. I yeah. mean, they're both yeah. uh, coming in on a injury racked. Did inconsistent you see, did you see any of Vavrinka yesterday I'm I mean, still sort of vibrating from the shudders of, mm. it, it was it was terrifying <laughs> um, I hope Gregor Dimitrov saw none of it yeah um, but yeah he, he thought it was the start of something in round but, one but so. he, I'm just worried about Dimitrov's shoulder he said today it's always a concern I wake up every day hoping I'm not going to have pain in it I Sorry, mean, that was after his match yesterday. Shoulders don't really clear up no, <laughs> in tennis. That sounds bleak. They, they, they just pretty much get worked out on every shot. Stevens against Polona Herzog, also on Longnen, and Elise Mertens, who we decided was the cut-off point of the mix, didn't we, for the uh, for the women's draw. Did we? Against Anastasia Savastova, also in the uh, Mercure Savastova. Oh. Um, and uh, Philippe Chatre features Caroline Pliskova against Petra Martic, Muguruza against Svitolina. I think Muguruza is winning that. Yeah. And I think I think I think Charlie Ekosho could have been on to something. He has Muguruza in the final. Okay. Well, he I mean, he was an early adopter. I, I, I said uh, Svitolina probably shouldn't have entered if she wasn't confident of winning the title. So I, I sort of, I sort of need her to go out, otherwise it looks a bit silly. <laughs> I've said very similar, uh, Simon. David Goffin against Nadal. I'm pleased to see Goffin doing something, but I think he's what he's going to do tomorrow is probably um, lose <laughs> in three sets. <laughs> there's, a, there's a if if anyone wants to preview that match go on YouTube and watch Goffin Nadal highlights from Madrid from a few years ago because they, they had literally a game where every shot was a highlight reel shot and it's you know I think YouTube whatever captioned it as the best game in tennis history or whatever which might be a stretch but Alexander re- Bublik eats your heart out fully recommend watching that because it's stunning and Stefanos Tsitsipas against Filip Krajinovic to round easy. things off no I agree Krajinovic is playing well that's the, that's a bigger. I'm, I'm going to regret saying this, but <laughs> that's a bigger obstacle for me to the Wawrinka sits pass match that we want to see than Dimitrov. Oh, Gregor. Uh, Simon Mecha, drop shot dragon, uh, Von Drusheva takes on Carlos Suarez Navarro, downer of Diana Yastremska. Yeah. yeah, she was um, all over Carlos Suarez Navarro, wasn't she? Like a set in five one or Yastremska. something. Yastremska. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I was watching, the, I was watching <laughs> the scores thinking, oh, Matt's onto something here. And the next I saw was Carlos Suarez Navarro in, in the winning press conference. Yeah. He always gets them one slam too soon. Yeah, so, watch out so Wimbledon. Come Wimbledon, yeah, Matt's going to be the Dionys Ramsgate correspondent. Karenia Buster against Benoit Paire. Is he? Is Benoit Paire the best French hope for this tournament? He's won eight matches in a row in, in, yeah. in Paris without losing his yeah. blank, 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 blank team. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's on to a roll here. And, and he hasn't been booed off. Was, was, it, was this your know. point? Well, he's it's a changed like, yeah. man. Like, I watched him in Marseille earlier this year, and the French crowd hated him. They, they <laughs> literally booed him off. Here, they love him. They're, they're singing the Marseillaise before he starts. Do you know, I was name. watching uh, um, archive footage of Henri de Conte's final with uh, Mats Valander in 1988 here, and he was booed not only during the match, but he was booed during the ceremony. Oh, God. But pair off against categorised with the Kyrgios uh, group, but he's played almost every week this year, hasn't he? I mean, he, he, I don't think he has any problem in his affection Every week. Oh, yeah. Every week. So it's, it's just more, his own man. It's just that he, he he's a, sort of the, the the kind of mad pianist with sort of wild hair, isn't he? When, when he hits a bum note, he kind of very he, very tight shorts. He, yeah. he knocks the whole keyboard to the ground. Yeah, loves a tight trouser. Uh, Nicola Mahu and Leo Meyer, conqueror of Diego Schwartzman. That match was still in progress last night. That's a big scout for Mayan. Is Nicola Mahu the great French hope? <laughs> In the men's. Maybe in the doubles. <laughs> in the doubles. And then Joe Conta against Victoria Kuzmova. We all know who's winning that one, folks. What's in the papers tomorrow, Simon? Oh, What's specifically in your paper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how Simon's how... desperate to wrap this up so we can find out the cricket <laughs> score. Can we do a live update? Yeah, live update make on a the bleed? cricket. Come on, Simon. Um, how, much space, how much does it impact the space that you'll get tomorrow? It does impact it a bit, actually. I mean, it's been a couple of busy days, what with the... Uh, that, Cup that interference you're hearing, folks, is uh, Simon is okay. desperately it's a really, really the, big uh... moment for me. <laughs> and that, that bar, 184 for seven. Which is good news, good. everyone. Good news. To all our American listeners. Probably 184 for seven. They need, a they need almost ten and over. It's, it's, right then. It's, it's, it's over. It's 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 Kuzmova that match. It's going to be World Cup glory for England. <laughs> did you just did you just pluck that did, out of yeah. thin air, Matt? Right. Okay. On that bombshell on all fronts, uh, let's wrap up this roadshow. We've been the tennis slash cricket podcast, brought to you in association with the Telegraph, where there'll be a lot of cricket and a little bit of tennis in the sports pages tomorrow, uh, in association with our executive producers, TennisBalls.com, with Rio with a Y. Reminded that David will at some point point be on this podcast but uh yeah he's busy going to uh last night uh simon he was at the greatest showman sing-along live so that is the biggest hated that (laughs) those are the bigger fish that david law is frying that and being media director of uh, the fever tree championships but more importantly going to see the greatest showman live his own decision the photo that he sent us featured a gro- featured a um, glow stick and a very grumpy face, so I suspect it might be something to do with his children. Yeah. Oh, my God. I tried to sleep through it thinking that would be better than having to watch any more, <laughs> but I didn't quite manage to drop off. <laughs> right, then. We're in Paris talking about tennis. David is singing along to the tunes of The Greatest Showman. We'll be back tomorrow. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.